Hello and welcome to the What the What podcast. It's the podcast where we tell you what's nerdy, what's popping with culture, we tell you all about what's giving us all the nostalgic feels, and the Winter Soldier, and we what they're thinking right out about past, no, I don't care present, about that. and future. It's all the What's in One Place. I'm Eric Creech. We have Kyle Whitley. And we have... Ah! Ashby Brain. I'm so excited. Yeah! 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 Woo! Yeah! Woo! 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 I can't get up. We moved the coffee table too far in. Do you have a second for me to tell you about our Lord and Savior, Sebastian Stanton? <laughs> Got you pinned. <laughs> this wasn't really a dream that she had her moving the coffee table closer. It was all just a ploy to get you stuck. Oh man. Oh yeah, boy. I mean, look, look at those levels we there. Off the, off the chart. And sorry to all you at home that came in here. I know, right? Well, your speakers. Like, my neighbors are going to come by, like, hey, we heard screaming. Is everything okay? <laughs> we don't usually hear anything from this house. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, yeah, this is the day Ashley has had circled on her calendar ever since we invited her to come be a part of this podcast That's back right. in May. That's right. This is Winter Soldier Day. First Avenger it's, was just a just That a was little, just a little drop in the bucket. That's right. And she has some tailgate. strong opinions. Strong. 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 Yeah. I've already had to apologize to Eric once. Yeah, I had I muted her Tuesday night via text. It via was text. terrible. He was like, "I got to take a break from this for it's like, hey, hours." I'm sorry. You're you're in text jail. It's like Twitter it was, jail, but it was ugly. Yeah, I was in text jail. I used capital letters. Kyle and Eric didn't deserve that. Um, I don't know about Kyle. I mean, I mean I Kyle didn't deserve it. You weren't really throwing right. it at Kyle. Kyle was, was just like an innocent. He was just kind of there. I'm he was a witness <laughs> to the murder of my assassination of my show here. I'm just one that doesn't know enough that I'm just like, okay, maybe she's right. <laughs> <laughs> like, but the thing is, strong about it. Like, the thing is, he never considers. Oh well, maybe he's right. Even though I've proven time. And well, time. that's because you thing. gave up and gave in. It's so it's like evidently, Kyle is married, so Kyle has already been programmed to be like, you know what? She's probably right. Well, <laughs> to be fair, I didn't. I didn't fight back either. I just like okay, and so and you can have your own opinion. I'm just going to go mean, the other. I mean, it would have been better if you'd have fought back. <laughs> when you conceding, when you conceding though. You didn't hurt my feelings. You conceded, and honestly, I was just trying to go to right. Honestly, I was just trying to go to sleep. I was like, "Why do we? Why are we yelling?" Why no, we? like she was so strong about it, and you backed down so quickly. I was like, "Oh, well, she must be right then." I was right, but I mean, I was. You didn't yelling. feel very strongly about it. No, I was just tired. You yeah. were just it like ten forty-five. I had to like work through you guys and going home and like grab your bowl. I mean, but I, I was home. <laughs> So you should have been fine. Well, I was in bed. I Look, was I finished rewatching Winter Soldier. It was late at night, but I wanted to tell you guys that I just finished rewatching it, and I was excited. But I, once again, you know, post in game, it's different. It hits different when you rewatch mm. the movies, and I was rage spiraling over the end of Endgame again. And so I texted, and then I went into this like huge rant. About Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I also got really upset about because I recently watched the, the end of this series and I wasn't happy about some things. And it happens to be one of Eric's favorite shows. Bottom line. That was very rude. Her words hurt people. Yes. Yes. That <laughs> I is, was hurt in the soul. That is the bottom line. Okay. The, your the, words affect people. Yes. <laughs> So I, I was I, I was affected. A <laughs> we had like an after school moment here. We did. Your words. And I apologize. Yes, and I accepted her apology That's after right. twenty four hours. Yes, after he unmuted me. Although, <laughs> don't do the crime. 
If you can't do the time. That's fair. I'm just saying. That's fair. You know what's funny, though? I found out last night he didn't mute us. He was reading everything. Well, I did read everything. You were muted. I just didn't right. get the alert right. um, yeah. that it was coming it. through. I read it like the I, next morning. I can't believe that you managed to like hold your silence through psych and community. Yes, we quoted psych. We I did about. see those before I went to bed. I'm like, nope, I'm going to bed. Right. And then I was like. <laughs> it's, it's too late. Well, and then when that didn't attract Just like you One Republic, it was too late was like, to apologize. What if I really did hurt his feelings? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got um, we got some comments coming in on the Facebook. Yeah, Stephen Such, the true story. The soundtrack for this movie gets me hyped. Hyped. Yeah. Particularly the track that. when he's on the ship at the beginning, going ham on all the Hydra henchmen. Ham. Yeah. Rama says he says he's just gonna come out and say it that I'm handsome as heck. Someone had to say it. Talking I mean, me. someone had to mm-hmm. say it. Honestly, I'm a little. Me and Ashby are a little offended it wasn't us. But well, I mean, I we know how Ryan feels about me because he obviously doesn't like my face. He <laughs> hates my singing. Um, he's very he's very casual in the comments, but I, I get what he's not saying, and what he's not saying is any compliment directed towards me. So it's fine. I don't know. He's fine. the only other time that he's fine. complimented was towards you. That was a great job on a video. I've been getting these compliments for twenty yeah, years. Okay. I mean, I'm, I don't need any more. So <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying is that like Ryan says he doesn't even know me. So sure he does. Everybody knows. He you. has a song written about him. Wow. Okay. The bare necessities. Wow, <laughs> All right. Anyway. Deep dive. Uh, yeah, that was a deep dive. Uh, we had some, we had a Marvel trailer trailer come out this week. What did he say? He said, "Ask me." I told everyone we're dating. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, god! Oh goodness! Wow. Congratulations! I Congratulations! Know. I mean, don't threaten me off, with a good time. Off the market. It's awesome. <laughs> Ryan, you have to come hang out. Yeah. We had Chinese oh, for four tonight, and there's only three of us. So. I try to make a point of, like, you know, physically meeting someone that I'm dating, but, like, I'm not always, so. Yeah, I mean, we're in a pandemic. We're in a pandemic. You do what you got to do. This will be great, though. I can get everyone off my back about dating. Yeah. Maybe Ryan's on to something. I'm just going to tell everyone I'm dating mm-hmm. Ryan. You're both into, like, job. he's in journalism, you're in tourism. Like, it's kind of similar. Right. You know? Very. I mean, you it works. Things. He might be the only person that reads my press releases, so. Well, you have press releases? <laughs> I about to say, we yeah. never get them. <laughs> You never send them. How do we sign up? Well, you guys aren't in the know, so. Yes. All right. Anything else we want to, or did was that pointless enough conversation? Because we have a lot to get to. Yeah, we have a lot to get to. All right. Well, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, rate and review us five stars only. That's right, five stars, just like the amount of stars that Ashby ranks Bucky. In every area. Yeah. Yeah. Please also follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at What the What Media. All one word. Especially on YouTube. Search for us on YouTube, What the What Media. We have Carpool Karaoke that came out this past week. We did. And mm-hmm. we'd love to get to the 100 subscriber mark at some point. Right, that would be awesome. Um, so please uh, go check that out. Even if you didn't like the video, subscribe to us, please. We would appreciate right. it. So you, you can get more videos that you don't like. Exactly. Well, that could be a weekly series <laughs> of Assessing the Brain. Yep. Okay, we're really going to take this whole brain. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah. yeah. Ron says I get a producer credit in this. That's true. You can also find us on Twitter at (laughs) WTW underscore media. Please share with your friends if you enjoyed today's episode or one of the 64 other What the What episodes that we have available in the archives. Last week on this podcast, we discussed my favorite movie, Remember the Titans. And on today's episode, we are taking a... Deep Into the 2014 film Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Here is your spoiler warning for today's episode. While the second Captain America movie is our primary focus, we will be discussing... Everything. Everything. 
related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, including Marvel television shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, the tie-in comics, any of the other 22 MCU films, related memes that Ashby found on Tumblr. We're taking the entire saga <laughs> into account from the moment Amer- Captain America steps on the ship in the beginning of the film mm-hmm. and proceeds to kick butt in that yeah. awesome get-up he has. Hot. I mean, what? Yes, awesome. Yes. This is the place to offer up a brief refresher on what actually happened in this movie. So, Ashby, when you're ready. Okay, are we going to time it out? Because I, I don't know how long this is going to no, take. No, I, I have no time limits on you this week. Okay, I knew fantastic. This was, I knew this was going to be something you would want to talk about. So, <clears throat> well, the floor the is yours. I started trying to go... I tr- look, I really tried to, to bring this summary in, and it so much happens in this movie. And I just felt like every time I tried to leave something out, I was like, but that's that's important later, mm-hmm. you know? So, here we go. Five pages of summary. Go for it. Two years after the events of the Avengers, retired soldier Sam Wilson jogs around the Tidal Basin in Washington, D.C., catching up to him very quickly as Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America, a.k.a. the Human Bullet. Sam was a war veteran, and he knows Steve has been adjusting to life in the 21st century and that he has a lot to catch up on. A car pulls up, driven by Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow. She greets the two men and Steve hops in the car. The duo joins other S.H.I.E.L.D. agents led by Brock Rimlow as they fly over the Indian Ocean. A S.H.I.E.L.D. vessel, the Lemarian Star, uh, has been taken hostage by pirates. They are holding uh, the hostages that include Agent Jasper Sitwell. Steve finds Natasha extracting files from the ship's computer using a S.H.I.E.L.D. flash drive. When Steve calls her out on it, she tells him that she's been given a different mission by Nick Fury. They defeat the pirates and head back to D.C. At the Triskelion S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters, Steve confronts Nick Fury about the motives behind Natasha's task, and he takes Steve down, Shield, <laughs> Steve down in S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters to this hidden place where they're making these helicarriers that have a bunch of guns. Um, and they are spy satellites used to prevent possible terrorist attacks, or so Fury tells Steve. Steve visits the Mastonian Museum to check out an exhibit dedicated to Captain America. Among the displays are mannequins with his World War II uniform and the costumes of Steve's old Howling Commando squad and one of his old friends, Bucky Barnes. He also checks out a video of his old love, Peggy Carter, in which she commemorates Steve on his actions as Cap, and he later visits an elderly Peggy who is still alive and has, uh, in the intervening decades, been married and had children. Steve finds Sam counseling other veterans suffering from PTSD, and after the group meeting, Sam reveals to Steve that he lost his friend Riley in a battle in Iraq after he was shot down um, from the air by an RPG. As Fury drives, he contacts Agent Maria Hill to rendezvous with him, and just as Fury pulls into an intersection, another police car appears and T-Bones Fury's car on the driver's side. A lengthy pursuit unfolds through the streets uh, of DC. Fury commands the vehicle's computer system find him a safe location, but before the computer can do that, a figure dressed in black stands in, in the middle of the road, and this mysterious mercenary shoots a magnetic bomb that attaches itself to the underside of Fury's car. It explodes. The car flips. The would-be assassin walks over to the vehicle, ready to fi- finish Fury off, but he escapes in time um, through burning a hole through the roof of the car and the street below with a laser weapon. Steve goes back to his apartment to find an injured Fury sitting on his couch. Before he can say anything else, so sure is, Fury is shot three times through the wall. Steve looks out the window for the shooter. Fury hands him the flash drive and tells him not to trust anybody. Steve runs after the sniper. He throws a shield at him, but the sniper catches it with one swift move in his left hand and throws it back to Steve. Natasha meets up with Shield uh, with Steve at uh, the hospital with um, Shield agent Maria Hill joining them. The doctors try to revive Fury, but he flatlines. Um, we then see Steve hide Fury's flash drive behind a pack of gum in the vending machine. Steve is brought back to Shield headquarters to talk with Pierce 
who insinuates that Fury hired the pirates to infiltrate the ship so that he could acquire classified information and was then killed after the deal went wrong. Steve hops on the elevator, which becomes occupied with more and more S.H.I.E.L.D. agents as it stops at different floors, including Rumlow. Steve asks anybody if they would like to get out, prompting them all to attack him. Steve then has to fight his way out of headquarters to escape. He goes back to the hospital to receive the flash drive, but it's not in the vending machine. It is revealed that Natasha has found it. Steve confronts her about what she knows about um, the winner or about the assassin who she says uh, intelligence agencies know is the winter soldier. He's reportedly been responsible for over 200 assassinations over the past 50 years. They decide to use the flash drive to find out what they can on the winter soldier's whereabouts. The flash drive, which they <clears throat> uh, access at an Apple store, takes them to New Jersey. Yay, synergy. Yeah, where they they plug the flash drive into an old computer at an abandoned military base, and a German voice speaks uh, analyzing them, and it turns out that it is our Arnim Zola, who we haven't seen since the first Captain America, who is a former accomplice of the Red Skull, and he reveals that Hydra is directly responsible for targeting people such as the President, along along with causing the car accident that killed Howard and Maria Stark. Zola adds that a missile is heading their way. Steve and Natasha jump into a hole as the missile hits and they survive the explosion. They then go to Sam's house to hide out. Natasha expresses her remorse over her involvement with Hydra agents. Sam decides to use a military project called Falcon to help them out back in DC. They confront Sitwell, who confesses that Zola created an algorithm to use the helicarriers and Project Insight to locate certain people around the world that could harm Hydra using personal data, and then they can kill them from space. So then they go back to, uh, they're trying to make it back to the Triskelium. The Winter Soldier in, uh, intercepts them, jumps onto the car, pulls Sitwell out through the window, throws him... <laughs> into an oncoming truck and then uh the assassin is joined by other hydra agents in attacking the car steve jumps out and battles the winter soldier who is just as fast and strong and as strong as steve who manages finally to remove the soldier's mask and finally learns that the secret super assassin's identity is james buchanan bucky barnes the hydra agents you got it right uh james buchanan barnes The Hydra agents take Steve, Sam, and Natasha into custody, but it turns out that there's a guard in their van who's Maria Hill in disguise, and she takes them to a super-secret facility to treat Natasha for her gunshot wound and reveals to them that Fury is alive, and then Fury takes out these three chips that he says will override the helicarrier system and stop Project Insight, and um, he turns over basically like it's orders to Steve, so Steve's in charge now. Then we flash to a bank where Hydra agents work to fix the Winter Soldier's metal arm after his fight with Steve. The soldier has brief flashbacks to his old life from the fall he took to the moment he was recovered by Zola and the Hydra agents. Pierce comes in praising the Winter Soldier's work and asking him to come back to do it again to reset the world order. And then they torture him. Steve stands on a bridge reminiscing about his time spent with Bucky and a flashback shows Bucky... Um, with Steve after the death of Steve's mother and Bucky offering to have Steve live with his family. And then Cap and Falcon and the whole group go to infiltrate S.H.I.E.L.D. slash Hydra and they make their way onto the helicarriers to uh, put the chips in and then Hill is monitoring their progress while also fighting off Hydra agents within S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, And it's like S.H.I.E.L.D. versus S.H.I.E.L.D. but it's really S.H.I.E.L.D. versus Hydra and Cap... um, 
Pierce pulls out a gun, uh, but is stopped by Councilwoman Holly, who takes down all the Hydra agents in the room and then reveals herself to actually be Natasha in disguise. And then her backup plan, quote-unquote, comes when Fury arrives in a helicopter, surprising Pierce that he's not dead, and then eventually leading the three of them into what ends in uh, Pierce's death. And with his dying breath, he says, Hail Hydra. Cap confronts the Winter Soldier in the helicarrier, trying to get through to his best friend. By reminding him that millions could die, Cap rushes to place the chip into the system, but the Winter Soldier shoots him three times. He still succeeds in installing the chip so the hill can override the helicarriers, and the helicarriers open fire on each other. The third helicarrier continues to follow Cap and the Winter Soldier inside, but before the Winter Soldier can deliver the fatal blow, he hesitates. And then the helicarrier crash throws Cap out, sending him into the water below. He slips into a consciousness, but not before seeing a hand reaching out for him. The Winter Soldier drags Cap to the shore before walking away for good. In the aftermath, Steve recovers in the hospital. Fury meets Steve and Sam at a cemetery at his own grave. And as Fury leaves, Natasha arrives, handing Steve a file which concerns Bucky and his transformation into the Winter Soldier. And Sam realizes that Steve is going to look for Bucky. And Steve tells him that he doesn't have to go with him. And Sam replies, I know. When do we start? And so, this movie ends perfectly poised to begin you, to begin Cap 3, Serpent Society, which never actually happens. Great job. Wah, wah. Great job. Yeah. Great job. Fantastic. Oh, I also forgot there's a mid-credit scene where we sort of see the twins for the first time. The yes. twins. Pietro Olsen and twins. Wanda. And then a post-credit scene where Bucky slash the Winter Soldier goes to the same Smithsonian exhibit to learn about himself. Steve walk through to mm-hmm. learn about himself. So, there you go. Alrighty. Great job. Do you like this film, Kyle? I do. Alright. What else did I say? I said something else. Uh, I, I wrote that I've come to the conclusion that I think that uh, Captain America centered movies from the Marvel Cinematic Universe are definitely like my favorite, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I realize we may not be getting as much of that as the future goes on, but we may. It depends on how they spin it. But, uh, just over the trilogies between him and Thor and Iron Man, I definitely prefer Captain America ones over the others. Yeah, the all three Captain Americas are in my top ten. I mean, I don't mean that in your, the way you have your top ten. Right, right, right. But like you literally mean, in my top you've ten. Actually are you saying about my it. top ten is not good enough for you? I'm, I'm saying, saying your top, top ten, 10 is, is not your, numerically is, correct. There's like forty movies in your top ten. <laughs> hey, it's how math works. <laughs> So. That's not how um, it's not how or something. Um, but I would even venture to say it is probably one to this movie and Black Panther for my favorite MCU movie ever. Wow. Okay. Um, and they they flip flop. I think when I made my list last year before Endgame, Captain America: Winter Soldier was number one and Black Panther was two. They have flip flopped a few times, right. so they kind of share the top spot. Um, but it is one of my favorite films. Partly because it's not just a superhero film. It's more of a political spy thriller. Right. Um, it, you know, it's not re- you know, really focused on powers. And, and I know that's funny to say when you got two 90-year-olds fighting each right. other in the movie. But it doesn't come off as a comic book movie. It exactly. comes off as like a... Like a like a deep conspiracy type. Yeah, like a Manchurian um, candidate. Yes, that's, I was like, what's the what's that really famous like spy series? Yeah. Jack Ryan, like yeah, Jack, almost like a Jack uh, Ryan yeah, kind yeah. of thing. So, Ashby, the floor is yours. Do you like this film? I mean, I really don't think I have to answer that. I mean, I think obviously it's, you hate it. Speaks it right? for itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think my enthusiasm at the beginning of all this. Mm-hmm. 
I just figured you were hyped up on Chinese food. Proven. I will also that. Chinese food has the opposite effect. <laughs> like, I'm just crashed at this point. That's fair. That's I fair. ate too much. Favorite scenes? I'll jump in. <laughs> I love the interaction between Steve and Sam. I love, like, the entrance or the scene that we get with them. It's even the beginning of just running um, on your left constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love how that goes much deeper. Where, like, even when they're just resting and everything else, Sam obviously knows who Captain America is I assume like at first you know, but he doesn't act in a way that like puts Captain America on a pedestal he just treats him as another person like and has a good conversation with him and talking about you know even how he's like it's it's the beds isn't it you know how like you know it's hard to sleep sometimes and everything else and just as you get to know Sam better and see him and like you mentioned doing like the not necessarily therapy, but whatever they're called. Like, just like support group. group. Yeah, yeah, support group. VA. And just to see, like, how involved he is in that. Like, it's something he generally cares about. It's just not... I don't know. You could have thrown some other different type of armed people in there with different personalities. I don't think it would have worked the same. Well, I think that Sam is the first person, at least that we see, that treats Steve like a veteran. Yeah. Yes. And not necessarily even like an active duty soldier. Like he treats Steve as someone who has come back from a war mm-hmm. and who is suffering from the effects of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Sam is also probably very cognizant, even in his initial interactions with Steve, that Steve is from a time where you didn't talk about those kinds of mm-hmm. things necessarily and they weren't as readily diagnosed or um, treatable as they are today and so I think Sam understands immediately that he can't Steve isn't the kind of person that Sam can be like hey do you know that PTSD is a thing and you probably have it mm-hmm. he has to sort of circumvent that conversation while talking about his own experiences mm-hmm. And he he invites Steve to the VA, but just to really meet people, not saying that he might need VA mm-hmm. services. Right. So I think Sam is very cautious and very smart. Um, I think you also about see, how he treats Steve. I think you also see the effect that had on Steve all the way in Endgame when Steve yes. is hosting mm-hmm. the same kind of support. Yes, a support for group. those who are still suffering from PTSD or the trauma of losing someone. From right. the snap, right? Um, I, that's I think that's completely Sam's influence on Steve. One hundred percent, yeah. That's really cool. Somebody else. So I have really loved the opening scene, mm-hmm. and I put <laughs> as I was watching it, I I literally paused it to type this. I said maybe I have to eat crow a bit with my critique of Batman. Mm-hmm. As I watched Cap ruthlessly take care of every guy on this ship, but to be fair. If he hadn't taken them out in some way in one shot, then they might have sounded the alarm and killed the hostages. Um, but I'll eat crow a little bit on that because I like I was just watching him do what he had to do to like neutralize the threat, and I was like, some of those guys definitely aren't getting mm-hmm. back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a lot so of Batman references in this movie. There are. Bucky is straight up uh, Heath Ledger Joker at one point in this movie. Yeah. Where Samuel Jackson is driving up and Bucky after all the other people weren't able to stop Samuel Jackson Bucky pops up in the middle of the street aims a gun at the car shoots right. the thing that goes underneath it literally explodes and he barely steps out of the way like, and watches it cool guy explosions and, happening around you steps away yeah. it's just like the dark night where all of a sudden there's a transfer truck just flipping over itself and he's literally standing there 
Right. Or the same way that, like, Batman's flying at him in a motorcycle and he's just yelling at him, like, hit me. Right. Hit me and barely just kind of stops and turns and looks at him. I don't know. I couldn't but think that. Like, it's a daytime version of The Dark Knight. Yes. I really enjoyed Steve and Natasha's scenes together, especially mm-hmm. when they're kind yes. of on the run together doing yeah. the super spy stuff at the mall, Apple I like store, the, the sass they've built, too. Because yes. mm-hmm. this is, you have to remember, this has been two years since Avengers. Mm-hmm. So they've all sort of normed a little bit, I think, yeah. as friends or at least co-workers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, cool. Uh, favorite quotes? Um, it's not really a favorite quote, but I really like when the, is it Bartok? Bartok? The French? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Armenian or whatever pirate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when he speaks to Cap in French and, and Cap replies in French. And I just really love that he sort of meets him where he is with his language. And I, I don't know if, if he like had any idea. To me, I like, I like how the scene plays where he says something to him in French thinking he won't understand. Mm-hmm. And then Cap's like, jokes on you, I speak French. Because if you remember, one of the Halleys was French. Jacques, who was Mm -hmm. their munitions master, Mm -hmm. um, like explosions expert, was French. And so I'm sure if a lot of the Halleys, um, like the commandos' missions were in Central Europe, then I'm sure they all picked up French Mm -hmm. in some way or another. So I just really love that exchange. Um, which, by the way, that guy who plays him is an MMA fighter. Yes. George George St. Pierre. And I watched some behind-the-scenes stuff a while ago where they talked about how he worked with the stunt guys to sort of work the MMA style into the fight he and Cap have mm. in that scene. So, That's cool. Yeah. One of mine was uh, where's the Black Widow and Captain America riding in the car they've stolen. She says, where did Captain America learn to steal a car? And he said, Nazi Germany, and we're borrowing. Get your feet off the dash. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I really liked when Fury is talking to the car, and they're like, this is not operational. This is not... He's like, what, what is operational? What is operational? His air conditioning is fully <laughs> operational. <laughs> oh, when your car's giving you sash. You That's right. You <laughs> I like the one where it's Steve and Bucky are going back and forth with each other. Um, and Steve says, you're my friend. And Bucky says, and you're my mission. And then Cap says, then finish it, because I'm with you to the end of the line. Yeah. Um, some more Black Widow Captain America banter here at the very beginning of the movie. Uh, Black Widow is asking, you doing anything fun Saturday? He's like, well, all the guys from my barbershop quartet are dead, so not really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And Black Widow's like, you know, if you ask Kristen out from statistics, she'll probably say yes. Captain America's like, that's why I don't ask. Are you too shy or too scared? He's like, I'm too busy. And he jumps out of the plane. Mm-hmm. And the strike agent's like, was he wearing a parachute? No, no, he wasn't. <laughs> I saw a meme once that was like, it said, people tell me all the time that superhero movies aren't relatable, but Steve Rogers jumped out of a plane one time without a parachute to avoid talking about his relationship status. <laughs> and I feel that. <laughs> and I feel that. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my plane at Christmas time? <laughs> right. For real. Oh. Just dive out oh, the door man. to the front yard and see what happens. <laughs> all right, so, uh, what worked the best in this movie? Ashby. Besides Sebastian Stan. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what, look, what? I want to say up front that uh, even though I have a very personal vendetta against the Russo brothers. I want to say up front 34 minutes into the podcast. Right. <laughs> up front, because I'm about to give them a compliment. So I want to say up front that I'm not happy, <laughs> but I can admit that they gave us 
the gift that was the Captain America stealth suit, and we owe them a debt of eternal gratitude for that. So that's what worked best for them. As defenders of the Russo brothers. This movie. I'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> um, so I put, this is sort of an observation, but I think it fits into what worked because this is really the first Marvel movie we've seen that has this level of stunt work because Iron Man is a lot of a lot of Tony in the suit and CGI, and I know that Tony has and Robert Downey Jr. has to do stunts and stuff, but they stepped it up in the Winter Soldier as far as the car chases and the explosions and the hand-to-hand combat and all of the stuff that they had to do for this movie. And I just feel like the stunt team really brought a level of like realism, and the Russo brothers worked hand in hand with the stunt team coordinating these fights and like what would look best what would look gritty what would look real um and so i just really i love stylistically what they did with this movie um and making you know because we've seen steve fight some hand-to-hand in the first avenger but mostly and especially in avengers he's like throwing the shield a lot um and we're seeing some of his like tactical stuff but we're not really seeing him in like hardcore messy one-on-one hand-to-hand combat and so it was really interesting the fighting style that they created for him um and i thought it was also really interesting to see um in the fandom a lot we talk about watching steve because obviously the stunt team um and i give also give the stunt uh the stunt guy for sebastian stan and for um chris evans credit with this if you look at their fighting styles between Cap and Winter Soldier, Cap is fully cognizant of how each fight affects his body. So, like, if you watch Steve fight, when he drops from from heights, he, like, lands on his toes and bounces, and he moves his body very agilely to try to sort of use inertia and gravity and recoil and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you watch the Winter Soldier fight, and it's clear that he has no concept of bodily harm. Like his Mm. mission is whatever they've put in front of him and Bucky is no longer cognizant enough to care whether he gets hurt. Like pain, Mm -hmm. pain is no, no longer a concept. And so if you watch Sebastian Stan when he fights, everything is with his full weight. Everything is like dropping flat on his feet with no give. Um, he's like punching things and like you can tell that he has no concept of of injuring himself mm. um, and so I really love how they consciously thought through that and I think it shows in the the fight scenes which is really interesting to me that's one of the first ones too where Cap doesn't use a gun at all like versus right. this, especially the first one then in Avengers maybe once or twice whatever but like this one's more focused on his fighting ability he does use the shield more in a different way than we've seen before too but um and i know they said chris evans trained for months i think it was like in karate like brazilian jiu-jitsu and boxing and everything else yeah so does sebastian stan yeah sebastian stan said that he would walk around his apartment with um plastic weighted stunt knives that they'd mm-hmm. given him so he could get when the winter soldier like flips the knives and like moves and grabs them and like mm-hmm. flips them out of his pocket like so that he could do that and be more natural i guess too yeah. like we're constantly doing it um, I said I really like the overall theme of the movie and where there's just so much hidden corruption. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially coming from Captain America where, like, he saw some, I guess, in the very beginning, but he was just very much, you know, 
a patriot of his country. Right. Uh, especially in Avengers, you started seeing the conflict between him and Nick Fury, you know, just not being completely honest about things. And then especially in this, just how I put like almost like a fruit where there's little pieces peeled back throughout the entire movie to really get the big picture by the end of it. Right. Uh, and I really felt like I should have gone back and watched at least some of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after seeing this. Because I remember being up to date on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. watching this as a season one. It was amazing to see something that was... You're watching something on a movie screen and then seeing something related to it on TV. But even, like, it's so much happening that this Thursday's episode, or whatever day it was, happens, the movie happens, and then next week's episode is completely after what just happened in the movie. Yeah. Right. Uh, and just the way they're able to tie that in just was amazing where I was able to recognize different characters in the movie that honestly I've probably forgotten about now like I I saw a bunch of people and like I remember seeing them now throughout the time but realizing how much of that came from the TV show that they added in to be part of S.H.I.E.L.D. uh, and just how all that worked together it's all connected Mm yes at least for the first couple years yes it's not anymore yeah Um, what worked the best for me Mm -hmm. this movie was just incredible Mm -hmm. in so many ways Mm -hmm. Um, I like mentioning Cap's fighting style I like the the spy thriller um, and just the evolution of Captain America's character from not just you know for country and patriotism but what's actually right and wrong because sometimes your country can be wrong yeah right and yeah. Cap kind of realizing that you know that's not freedom that's fear right was a direct quote from him when they kind of unveiled the helicarriers and right. the, the purpose behind those and um, so I really enjoyed that. Uh, the banter between all the characters in this movie, whether it be uh, Natasha and Steve, whether mm-hmm. it be Steve and Fury, uh, Maria Hill, I had some good one-liners mm-hmm. in there, Cap and Sam, I mean, just mm-hmm. all the, just the chemistry was just off the charts here. Alexander Pierce, Robert Redford, oh my mm-hmm. goodness, yeah. was fantastic in this movie. Yeah. Um, just everything was so good in this movie. Uh, I can't praise it enough. Which leads into nitpicks. Are there any? Ashby probably has some more serious ones. Mine was my continual one throughout the Marvel world of this is so big while we're wherever the rest of the Avengers. Right. Which good, thankfully, like this question's been asked of the Russo brothers, and they said, Well, these events take place over three days. Mm-hmm. So by the time they really had a clue about what was going on, it was over. It was over. Yeah. Like so right. you wouldn't have had everything else happening and right. you know. So it actually had a good reason for that. It happened in D.C. and like I guess Tony's in New York with Banner, um, Thor's off world. I mean Hawkeye. What was he doing at this time? Right. I mean that that was all you had at the time with those heroes. So it's not really so much a matter of where it was. Everyone's like, there's only like four other heroes. Mm -hmm. Right. One lives on Asgard, and two are in New York, and Hawkeye's probably living with the secret family. Yeah, out on a farm somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. We still don't know where it is. Yep. So. Massachusetts, I don't know. Nitpicks, Ashby? Not particularly. No, me neither. Not really. I mean, this movie is just like phenomenal. I can watch this finish. movie over and over. I, yeah, I and don't. Over. I can't really find anything it's, wrong with it. It's one of those movies where I don't have like traditional TV anymore. Like, like but used to, if you were flipping to the channels, mm-hmm. there's, there's, you have these lists of movies that you see it, and no matter where it is in the movie, you need to, you want to finish right. it. Right. Dark Knights that way for me. Mm-hmm. Shawshank Redemption, Remember the Titans. Yeah. This is on that list for me. If I if I I'm scrolling through the channels and I see Captain, America, I'm gonna watch the rest of it. Yeah. No matter how late it is, no matter what else I'm doing, unless I have to be somewhere, 
I'm moving to that movie and I'm watching it. I have a Russo Brothers nitpick. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's give them some grief. Um, it's not going to be what you think it is. Because okay. uh, I know that I've already... I, you know, I'm angry at them over Endgame. I'm angry at them for a lot of reasons that have to do with character assassination, but that that's not what I'm going to talk about today. Um, for the record, we will talk about Endgame if we keep up this current schedule, November of 2021. Okay. So, like, that's really not far so like, away. That's not yeah. that far away. Yeah. Like I was year. expecting it to be 22 or something. Right. So. I mean, that's yeah, okay. I mean, we, there's 23 MCU films. We're doing 11 this year, 11 next year. I'm assuming okay. we'll December off. Yeah. So... Yeah, that okay. end game's number 22 on the list. So, um, <clears throat> obviously we know the Russo brothers directed all the Captain America movies. Not all. Well, no, they didn't direct they, Civil War. No, they no, didn't they direct did. First Avenger. First Avenger, right. They directed Civil War, Winter Soldier. They also directed... Infinity War. And Endgame. And Endgame. Okay. Yes. So, knowing that they had say over things like music choice, mm-hmm. okay? The song playing... When Steve enters his apartment and Fury is there, and Steve tangles with the Winter Soldier for the first time, the song It's Been a Long, Long Time is playing. Mm-hmm. I will give you one guess as to the only other time that song is used in a Marvel movie. At the end of Endgame. When? He meets up with Peggy Carter. And dances with her. In the 1950s. At, yes, at the end of the movie. Or 70s or whenever it is. And I just wonder if the Russo brothers like lose sleep over that. No, they probably had it planned. I mean, all the way back then. How dare they? That was like that was the connected thread. That, just, that's the one thing they had connected, and they're like, I don't know how we're gonna get there, but we're gonna play this song at the very end of the series. Just so rude. <laughs> like it hurts my feelings. Ugh. Um. So yeah, that's a that's a nitpick for me. I mean, just like, how dare you? That's fair. How dare you make Steve's song with Bucky the song that he also shares with Peggy? Like. Ugh. I think Peggy would have to just understand that Steve and Bucky come as a package deal. I mean, I would hope that it's she It's like Juliet that. has to accept that Gus comes with Sean. But I, I mean, yes. in sight. Yes, that's true. Uh, yeah, and I think I think Peggy does understand that in the first Avenger. I just think it's so weird because it's also a love song. It's about two people who have been reunited after war, mm-hmm. and so I understand why it was the perfect song to use when Steve returns to Peggy in the past and they dance. But the idea that, like, that was their song choice for the first time that Steve and Bucky, unbeknownst to them, meet Mm -hmm. in the future, just, like, it makes me so sad. (laughs) We have a couch here. You want to talk about it? I do. (laughs) (laughs) There's part of it that makes you think, too, like, I've never gotten into all of the fandom and the theory and everything with all these movies, but as you're talking about it, I can't help but think like how upset Bucky must have been at the end of Endgame, where Cap was able to go back in time and relive and cherish all the things he loved or whatever. Bucky missed out on all of his too, because you know trying to help Cap. Like I can't imagine seeing that and all of a sudden seeing Cap a few seconds later as an old man and realizing. He just had the opportunity to go back and relive everything that he ever missed out of life, knowing things from the future with it. Right. And knowing you didn't get that chance. Like, it was Yeah, and he left you. Yeah. He left you. Mm-hmm. Like, 
We gotta stop talking about it. Yeah. We'll wait till we get to Endgame because I'm gonna lose my She's mind. Have a whole I can't year talk about it right now. Like <laughs> it just upsets me so much. All right. So other than that, do you pure have, character assassination. Do you have any questions about this movie that's been left unanswered? I don't. I just wanted to add to what you had said earlier too about this being a movie that you don't have any questions or nitpicks with, and it's one that you can watch all the time. I. It's one of the movies for me that there's no throwaway scenes. Right. Like everything has a purpose even if it's sometimes just to be comical and have you know whatever with um like between black widow and captain america and just the relationship you see them growing it gives both of them a human like human side of things not just you know superheroes you see like a personal side to both of these people um having these conversations together so i mean there's nothing in this movie that's just like oh it's just in here to fill space Right. Versus I feel like there's definitely, even in the Marvel Universe, there's scenes in there that's like, mm-hmm. whatever. Well, and canonically, uh, Natasha and Bucky have a history. Yes. And then canonically, Steve and Natasha have a child. Mm-hmm. So, I, when I first saw Winter Soldier, I wasn't sure because they hadn't really had the Avenger movies that were going to tie Natasha and Bruce together. Mm-hmm. And so, she didn't have a love interest. That's a and we'll and it, yeah, and we'll talk about that in Age of Ultron. But I'm I'm not a big no fan number. of Bruce and Natasha at all. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan of them as as you know people and separately, but not as a relationship. Um, so going into Winter Soldier, I, by the end of this movie, I was kind of thinking like, oh, are they setting up like a Steve and Natasha romance? Mm, because I thought they were. That has some history yeah. there. And I, I do appreciate that they they remain good friends because I do think it's important to show that like adult men and women can, can just be friends. Be friends. Mm-hmm. So I kind of ended up later on, especially when they were kind of um, paired up and on the run in Infinity War, I appreciated that that, that, that wasn't a romantic angle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really thought in this movie that that's where they were headed because they, they do get so much closer in this movie. Yeah. Well, I remember even just how it's starting, like when she rolls up in the Corvette to pick him up, and you're just like, just the banter they have back and forth with each other. Right. It's the first time you see it between each other, and like you say, the whole time you're just like, well, she can keep trying to set him up with somebody else, and then it's really just like, hey, you dummy, I'm right in front of you. Like, right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> it happens so often where it's like, well, how about so and so? No, okay, great, that's not me. How about so and so? Great. Okay, yeah, that's not me. All right. <laughs> right. About the well, Dang it, Steve. What about me? <laughs> right. No? Oh, I'll pick you up at seven. (laughs) (laughs) Where does this movie fall in your rankings of MCU films? I've already addressed this. It's it's one or one A for me. Um, Kyle? I wrote it down that it's definitely in my top five. So I narrowed it down for my top ten. Good job, Kyle. No, like, it's for real. I'm proud of you. (laughs) Well, like like I said, like, Captain America movies definitely are my favorite out of the whole group so far of what we've seen. Um... I think it's probably one or two. And I, like Black Panther's definitely in the top five as well. I remember it just blowing me away in a different way. But I feel like I really like two when they take some movies back to a totally different time period the way they did in the first Captain America. Where just seeing that whole formation of who he is, but also just being a time period piece as well. Right. And I like that. And so, because there's so much in all these other movies that are happening here now, you know, and in the future, almost a little bit. So it's kind of, it was cool to see like a throwback history type thing like that. Yeah. Um, because it's different from every other, you know, movie we get from that. So it's definitely, I'd even narrow it down top three. Probably, you know, top one 
or two. Yeah, I would say Winter Soldier, First Avenger, Black Panther, and then for as much as I hate it, I also love it. So maybe Endgame because it was such a culmination. Mm, all the callbacks is yeah. right is sort of up there. Um, but those are probably like off the top of my head. Now, my when you top. said First Avenger, is that the First Avenger movie or Captain America the First? Captain Avenger? America the First okay, Avenger. Sure. Yeah. Cool. So it would probably be like Winter Soldier, First Avenger. Uh, Black Panther, Endgame, and then probably like Iron Man One, just because it mm-hmm. was like iconic. Off, yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I put probably Guardian somewhere in there too. But anyway, um, I just had a great idea before we get to our random section. Mm-hmm. Before we walk, uh, before we get to the Endgame movie next year, next November, mm-hmm. we got to do a live streaming of us just watching the movie together, mm-hmm. just so I can see, just so we can show Ashby's reactions to oh everything going on. Oh so my like, gosh. Why did you do that? This doesn't even make sense. Uh, mm-hmm. He would never. That'll be our YouTube exclusive that month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Ashley reacts to Endgame. Mm-hmm. Uh, random uh, section. Anything you want to add? A favorite theory? A rabbit hole? You went now? Maybe some Tumblr memes, Ashby. <laughs> this is the Ashby section. This is it. Here we go. Okay. Um, <clears throat> this is different from facts, right? Yes. Not just fun this facts. is fun facts. Okay. Different than fun facts. Different from fun facts. Okay. Um, observation. This is real where you can just be weird with it. So, so we're going to get weird and sad. We're going to get weird with sad Ashby. and weird. With Ashby. Um, which is also the name of my uh, soon-to-be autobiography. Yes. So, end of the movie, uh, Steve is falling from the hel- helicarrier. Do you ever think that Steve thinks about the fact that when he was following Bucky, jumped after him? Like, you think he just lies awake at night and thinks about it? I would. <laughs> Maybe. I'm just saying. That's what uh, Eric was doing at 3 o'clock the other morning. It's pretty upsetting. Yes. You know? You, you have those memes where you have, like, the guy and the girl laying in bed, and the girl's like, how Betty's thinking about other girls, and he's like... <laughs> I wonder if Captain America Steve ever thinks about the fact yes, that Yes, I am those memes. <laughs> I am those memes. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Okay. Um, so, rabbit hole. Here we go. I went down a costume rabbit hole. <clears throat> so, someone on Tumblr, <laughs> this is why I love Tumblr. It's going to get slightly not family friendly, but like not too bad. Okay. Um, Anonymous asks, how do you undress Captain Rogers? His uniform seems seamless, and I just don't understand how it would work. (laughs) And someone comments and says, I'm picturing a very unsexy onesie situation. (laughs) Well, fair enough, okay. And so someone says, okay, this warrants further discussion. Please step into my office. And then she continues, I can't honestly say I've ever given a tremendous amount of thought to how you would get Captain America undressed, but... Here we are, and now that the question has been proposed, I went down a rabbit hole as both a librarian and a costume nerd. Here you go, people. So she says, much much like the character, Cap's uniform um, evolves over time and gets increasingly more complex and intricate, and there are large and small variations based on who directed the movie. For instance, Joss Whedon's Cap looks cartoonish and extra spangly in Avengers and even Ultron to a lesser extent because Joss is overly married to comics Cap, and very literal in his interpretation of the character, while the Russo brothers' cap is more a study in how a practical uniform would have to look and function in the real world. 
As someone who'd like to push Whedon out of an airlock, I don't think it's coincidental that this is an excellent metaphor for where these movies diverge thematically and in terms of Cap's character development. Which is why we have Lycra and Red Go-Go boots on the one hand and the gift that is the stealth suit on the other. The question, though, that was originally posed when I started this whole rabbit hole is how does Cap get in and out of this thing? Is it actually a onesie? Because that's what it looks like, and thanks to Spider-Man Homecoming, we now know how superhero onesies actually do come on and off. (laughs) So she goes through the entirety of every Captain America uniform, but I've distilled it down to when she just talks about Winter Soldier. So she says, The Winter Soldier was the first real break we saw from the comic book style of visuals and costuming for all the characters. And not just Cap. Black Widow's uniform becomes more practical looking and less cartoonish as well. But the difference is most obvious with Steve. Not only did he get a costume made of actual Kevlar, not Lycra, which strategically padded areas and functional details like cargo pockets, arguably much more practical in the field, but we got the stealth suit, which reduced the spangly factor and significantly made him look like an actual Special Forces operative. He fits right in with the team, except that he's navy blue, not black, and still has the star on his chest and the cow. There's only the tiniest bit of dark red on the sides, and if you if you look closely, overall, um, as the name implies, it's supposed to be stealthy, but more importantly, it's realistic, like Cap might actually be out there in the real world saving people and doing things and not just a comic book character. This costume not only set the tone for the movie, in my opinion, but it introduced a level of design complexity in the MCU that takes some figuring out because it's not obvious how the suit does up. It actually looks like a onesie until you look more closely. As a costume nerd, I'm impressed by how well thought out and cleverly designed the costume is. Not surprisingly, they went so far as to pattern all his other uniforms off this one with minor differences depending on the tone of the movie and the director, which I further break down below. I love how the Russo's vision of Cap is so restrained, practical, and realistic while still capturing the iconic costume um, image. No loud colors, not even the white stripes, but it's still obviously Cap and representing everything he stands for, whereas with Ultron Cap, it's like Whedon can't help himself putting him back in spangly colors and red-white accents um, and takes away that the, to- the tone the Russo's painstakingly created in Winter Soldier. Um, and sends it 18 steps backwards, kind of like Ultron is a movie overall with his character development, moving on. I, I swear to God, this is her, this is not me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll include a short... What's your username <laughs> on Tumblr again? Oh, no. <laughs> you will never know! Um, I'll include a shot of Cap and Avengers Affinity War 2, but it's important to note that it's the same suit he wore in Civil War, just dirty, beat up, and with the star ripped off. Because the costume designers were clever enough to factor in that Steve would probably be picking up an edgy new uniform as an international, probably wouldn't be picking up an edgy new uniform as an internationally wanted fugitive, he'd have to have whatever was on hand when he went on the run. But then I started thinking about what state of mind Cap would have to have had been in to claw the star off his uniform, and then I had to go sit quietly by myself in a corner. <laughs> so she did the same thing for Widow, but I'm not going to read through a lot of Widows. Um, it just like a point out of it is that in the Winter Soldier, Nat looks um, also like Steve, like she actually is capable of doing her job in her uniform. Mm-hmm. She's more relatable, more human, um, despite her perfect hair and flawless skin. In the Winter Soldier, um, she went from being a character to being a person with all the shades of gray and ambiguity. And so she looks less like a comic book character um, 
she's not really in like pleather or leather. It also looks like she's now more in Kevlar. She's um, not wearing high heels, which would be preposterous for a woman doing everything she's doing to be wearing heels. Um, so anyway, that talks about her costume as well. And, okay, also from Tumblr, this is something I found a few years ago that's absolutely heart-wrenching. Okay. Um, it's a picture of Chris Evans as Steve Rogers in uniform from the first Avenger, mm -hmm. and then a picture of um, Robert Redford, mm -hmm. young, also in uniform for a movie. Yeah. And they look surprisingly similar. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it says, we know that Hydra couldn't completely erase Steve from Bucky's memory, but maybe they knew that and manipulated it to their advantage. It's eerie how much a young Robert Redford resembles Steve Rogers during the 1940s. Maybe Hydra chose Pierce to be Buckley, Bucky's handler because of his striking resemblance to Captain America. Perhaps he rose through the ranks because of how well he could control the Winter Soldier without using extreme violence. He would have been the perfect brainwashing tool. Yeah. That's good. That was really good. Good stuff. Do you have anything you want to really add for the random section? I didn't After all that, no, I failed in comparison. Like the only one I thing, didn't have anything because I knew Ashley would bring the goods this week. So. The only other thing I had, and it was just something I mentioned to you guys texting this week after watching it again, is how much more going back and watching these movies am I becoming more and more of a Black Widow being like one of my top favorites in all these movies. Mm -hmm. Just as her character and like... She's finally getting her own movie after she's pretty much gone from the universe now. Like, so we'll see what all happens with that. But no one's it, really gone. No, but still, like, you don't know what's going to happen, though. But to see how she honestly controls so many situations where there's other people like Captain America or the Hulk or Tony Stark or anybody that's pretty much running things. But then there's, like, behind the scenes, she's really the one that's controlling things and pushing things forward and making sure things are taken care of. So you're learning more and more about her. And just as we continue to get to know her more of as an actual person and character, I just start liking her more and more where she's not just some random side person or, or some woman that's thrown into a thing. Like she actually gets the attention she deserves. So Right. All right. What was your, uh, your what the what moment? The moment where you geeked out the most? I'll go first. Okay. You go first, yeah. The unmasking of the Winter Soldier. Because yeah. Because at this point, I wasn't like really deep in the comics MCU lore at this point. I had suspicions of who this Winter Soldier was. Right. But I wasn't 100% sure because I didn't read the like rumors. Right, and, yeah. You know, I, I, I wasn't. Know. I was super, bad at that point reading everything. I mean, I wasn't reading everything at this point. This might, be, might have been the movie that got me into starting reading Right, everything. so you would know and stuff like that. So it was a legitimate now. moment when they he unmasked and they was, Cat was like, Bucky? Right, yeah. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that's his pal from the first movie. What in the world? What? <laughs> what? He's yeah. still alive. Wow. And then it's like two 90-year-old men fighting in the streets of D.C. Okay. Right, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that was mine. Mine was there's the quick conversation where he's like, Bruce Banner, Stephen Strange, anyone who's a threat. Mm -hmm. And it's that first brief moment that you're like, oh, Stephen Strange, like Doctor Strange, Strange exists in this yeah. world. Right. Um, a little Easter egg. Yeah, just the random little things like that. Uh, Nick Fury dying got me. Mm -hmm. And then Nick Fury coming back got me again. Where I was right. like, oh, okay. Right. Again, he's not. no one's ever really gone. That's no. right. That was Nick Fury's entire purpose. Is, yeah. You know, that's what he wanted. He wanted mm -hmm. me to be like, no, what? <laughs> <laughs> Ashby? 
So mine was sort of similar to yours, but a little different. When um, the Winter Soldier catches the shield, mm-hmm. I think is when you start to be like, wait a second. Okay, something else, something else is going on. Yeah. Like no one should be able to catch that shield yeah. like that. Um, and so I think when I watch it multiple times, it still gives me chills because like even now that I've seen it so many times, I know the reveal is coming. Um, and so I know it's Bucky under there, but every single time, just the way he catches that shield, you're just like, mm-hmm. oh man, you know? Um, so that was definitely my, my what the what moment for this movie. And I'm going to defer to you for this last question. Okay. Who won the movie? Besides Ashby Brain. <clears throat> I mean, honestly, I think Bucky Barnes wins the movie because this is this is the first step in his long road to being himself again, okay. you know? And I, it takes him a really long time. Arguably, he's still not there. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to... Sebastian Stan being given the time and the room and the the ability to just really flush Bucky out like he hasn't been mm-hmm. since the first Avenger, I think, in Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, Sebastian Stan, you know, I obviously I think he's an amazing actor, but the reason I think that isn't just Marvel. Obviously, he's done so many other amazing things. But you look at the gravitas that he's managed to give this character with maybe a few minutes and sometimes not even more than one line in an Mm -hmm. entire movie with an ensemble cast. And he's made Bucky one of, I think, the more popular Marvel characters, um, which is amazing. And I I saw a meme the other day that was sort of like speaking to that because it was... um, it was like a, a person with a shocked face and it was like Sebastian Stan realizing he has to speak more than one line in the Falcon Winter Soldier movie and it was like what? <laughs> um, I put honestly it was very similar I put Bucky and I said at least he's on his way to winning um, yeah. he may not necessarily leave this movie like bright and shining like victory but um, I feel like he comes out of this in a way that he is no longer being completely manipulated and used. He's getting that first step of freedom to break free from that where somebody's not controlling his mind. He gets his best friend back. Um, like I said, I feel like it's one of those things he's going to continue to win and you get to see more of that. Um, but we haven't quite seen all of that yet. But I definitely feel like it's heading that way versus anybody else that where they end up in this movie. So I would even say who lost the movie here? The American government. Uh, yeah, for sure. They lost our trust. Hydra. <laughs> they lost, I mean... Who is the American government? Who is the American government <laughs> at this point? Yeah, so... Cool. Okay, in every episode of our Running the Infinity Gauntlet series, we are taking a look at a vital piece of the MCU that helped shape the Infinity Saga. With that in mind, let's assemble together at Avengers Headquarters, and Eric is going to teach us what we need to know about S.H.I.E.L.D. Ooh. And I was, when I was going coming through all this, I thought we had already done Shield, but we haven't. No, we've done. We we did the arc reactor in Iron right. Man. We've we done did, um, the Cosmic Cube. Cosmic Cube Tesseract. We did mm-hmm. Molnir. Mm-hmm. We did the Ether. Yeah. Um, we did um, Jarvis in Iron Man Two. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, but we hadn't done Shield yet. Interesting. So, I mean, this is a movie about the fall of Shield. Yeah, I think this is so the this peak is, time to do it. Absolutely, <laughs> like so, a funeral dirge. The uh, <laughs> yes. 
So the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division, wow, better known by its acronym SHIELD, is an American extra-governmental military counterterrorism and intelligence agency tasked with maintaining both national and global security. Founded in the wake of the Allied victory over the Axis powers and Hydra in World War II, SHIELD was organized to protect the United States from all possible threats. With its advanced weapons and extraordinary agents, SHIELD was maybe the greatest military power on Earth. SHIELD was formed in the 1950s as a successor to the Strategic Scientific Reserve, which you can see some more of in the wonderful television show Agent Carter, yes. which is on Disney+. Plus. Yes. An allied so deep good. science agency which fought against the Nazi-sponsored Special Weapons Division Hydra during the war. The founders of this new agency were Chester Phillips, who was the director of the SSR, Howard Stark, you may know him as Tony's dad, but he was an industrialist of great wealth and of a scientific genius, and Margaret Peggy Carter, the former partner of the American war hero Steve Rogers, better known as Captain America. Yes, Queen. The, <laughs> agen- uh, the agency's full name was Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement Logistic Division, or as Brett Dalton's Grant Ward in the first episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. says, I think someone really wanted our initials to spell out S.H.I.E.L.D. Right, yeah, for real. Um, Say that five times fast. The SSR was reformed as the Scientific Division of S.H.I.E.L.D. and continued to work on researching the advanced weapons captured from HYDRA, as well as the mysterious Tesseract. Following his encounter with Captain Marvel, S.H.I.E.L.D. was run by Nick Fury and the World Security Council in the modern age. S.H.I.E.L.D. had to deal with the significant rise in enhanced individuals, dangerous advanced technology, and alien contact. But all the problems S.H.I.E.L.D. had to solve eventually led to to the formation of the Avengers, a response team that was recruited to save the world during the alien invasion of Earth in 2012. The agency became publicly known after the Battle of New York, partially because of the Rising Tide website, which again is um, outlined in the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. In 2014, through the actions of Black Widow and Nick Fury, the world became aware of the fact that S.H.I.E.L.D. was infiltrated and largely controlled by Hydra. After the battle in which S.H.I.E.L.D.'s primary headquarters, the Triskelion, was heavily damaged, all of S.H.I.E.L.'s classified files were dumped on the internet and the agency was disavowed by the United States government and labeled a terrorist organization. You see the fallout of this in starting in the episodes Turn, 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 and the uh, before that, the end of the beginning in the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, many S.H.I.E.L.D. officials were taken into custody and subjected to rigorous questioning However, despite the massive manhunt on S.H.I.E.L.D.'s agents, a few operatives scattered around the world in the most secret bases remained loyal to their oath, saving the most necessary paraphernalia for future use. But the team most responsible for the survival of S.H.I.E.L.D. was a guy named Agent Phil Coulson, who right. you may remember died in the Avengers. Guess what? He's alive! Surprise! Uh, he Spoiler val- alert! <laughs> he valiantly led his teammates against the forces of HYDRA, led by the traitors John Garrett and Grant Ward, winning the battle in which Garrett's plan ultimately failed. After that battle, Nick Fury appointed Phil Coulson the new director of S.H.I.E.L.D. and tasked him with rebuilding the agency from scratch, which you get to see in the beginning of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season 2. R.I.P. Bill Paxton. Yes. Um, the I'm not going to mention the crossover episodes in my fun facts this week because we're talking about it here, but uh, those two episodes, the end of the beginning mm-hmm. and turn, 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 were literally the turning point in... Agent Shield going from a decent, you know, action spy thriller TV show uh, that's loosely connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe to an awesome, mm-hmm. awesome show. Like it really picked up after the reveal that Shield had been infiltrated by Hydra, uh, which, as Kyle mentioned, you saw an episode on Tuesday. 
the movie comes out on Thursday, Friday, and then you get to see the fallout immediately the next mm-hmm. Tuesday, right. which is how they planned out those releases of right. the, the show and the episodes centered which around. was amazing. Which was really awesome as a mm-hmm. fan at the time. Mm-hmm. You got as much Marvel as you wanted, and um, I highly encourage you to go check out those two episodes in particular. Maybe watch one, watch The Winter Soldier, and then go watch the next episode just to mm-hmm. see how it all tied in together. So, uh, from here on out, we're jumping into our fun facts and observation. We're going to slip on the Infinity Gauntlet. And in honor of this wonderful movie, we're doing nine fun facts and observations. Three from each of us. So. I'm sorry, all I could think about was no in German. Because nine. Nine. That's wow. what that means. Sorry. So, Kyle, you yeah. go first. Cool. Uh... I didn't mention this earlier, but they're two tied together. One of my favorite scenes, or things from a scene, uh, is Cap's notebook that he's carrying around, where he's listing out a lot of Mm -hmm. things um, that (laughs) he should check out. I'm obviously not cheating off your list. Go find something else. Um, But (laughs) checking this out is on his list, random different things that he needs to check out that he missed out on while he was frozen. Uh, I Love Lucy, The Moon Landing, Berlin Wall, Steve Jobs with Apple in parentheses, Disco, Thai Food, Star Wars, Star Trek, Nirvana, Band, mm-hmm. Rocky, Rocky 2, Trouble Man soundtrack. Uh, but whenever this premiered in different countries, the few things on his list actually changed to be more relevant with that country. Um, in the UK, the Beatles and Sean Connery were added. Um, in Australia, Steve Irwin. Sorry, the page. Yeah. Uh. And Tim Tim. Uh, Italy, Robert Menici. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, France, Daft Punk, The Fifth Element, Mexico, Shakira was added. Um, but wow. I don't, it, something for me, like one of those quick little things that had no other repercussion at all in the rest of the movie, but seeing it and being like a giant Nirvana fan growing up, it was really cool to see like that's on Captain America's list of things to check out is Nirvana. Yeah. Okay. Ashby, number two. The Captain America exhibit at the Smithsonian is narrated by Gary Sinise. Oh, nice. Lieutenant Dan himself. That's right. Mm -hmm. All right. Number three. So we mentioned this earlier. Jasper Sitwell mentioned some high-risk targets that HYDRA is keeping tabs on. Among these are Bruce Banner, the Hulk, Dr. Stephen Strange, and a man in Cairo. The latter is most likely Mark Spector, a.k.a. Moon Knight, an Avengers team member who hasn't made it into the movies or the MCU Mm. yet. Mm. But there's always rumors about his casting. Yeah. I believe our friend Matt Starling really wants yeah, he does. John Krasinski, a.k.a. Jim from The Office, to be Mark Spector. He does. Well, that's see. interesting because I saw a little news blip go across my phone Uh-oh. this week that said John Krasinski is being considered for an alternate universe Captain America role. Ooh. Maybe in the What If. Because mm, they said Tom Cruise is going to be... Or uh, at least, Iron Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Possibly cool. in, the, um, in the Doctor, uh, Doctor Strange multiverse yeah. of madness. Uh-huh. And Sebastian Stan is tapped to do a What If episode as Bucky Barnes. So a lot of people on Tumblr would love for that to be a What If where Steve falls from the train and becomes the Winter Soldier. And Bucky takes up the shield and then is frozen and then is unfrozen and is Captain America. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um, One more thing to add to this is uh, Sitwell mentioned some targets that could be dangerous for shield. One of them is mentioned to be a high school guy. Make a reference to possibly Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, number four, Kyle. It's back to me. Yep. Uh, 
I remember seeing this in theaters and looking over at Erica and she looked at me and said I saw it which is kind of cool like to notice that that happened um, but Nick Fury's tombstone reads the path of the righteous man dot 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 Ezekiel twenty five seventeen, and this is a nod to the line that Samuel Jackson would say as he was about to kill somebody in his, as his character Jules in the movie Pulp Fiction very cool very cool number five so, Sebastian Stan says that he only got to meet Stan Lee a few times. Um, he said, I never really got a full one-on-one with him, but he always said to me, remember, Bucky's one of the good guys. Bucky's a good guy. And that's how I always played him. I really like that. So, um, this movie was inspired by the 1970s. Uh, Time Magazine's review caught the theme of the 1970s woven into the film, and the Russo brothers spoke about it further with the LA Times. Uh, in order to catch up on what happened in pop culture since he was frozen in 1945, Captain America reviews many popular idols from the 70s, including disco music, Rocky, and Marvin Gaye. The movie was inspired by political thrillers from the 70s, including Three Days of the Condor and The French Connection. Joe Russo refers to the film as a homage to 70 thrillers, something you might not expect to provide inspiration for a modern Hollywood blockbuster. But it was important to us to try to make something as topical as we could because that's what we always felt were the most successful political thrillers. If you look at Three Days of the Condor, Cliff Robertson, at the end of that movie, he's basically predicting the war for oil that happens over the next 20 years in American history and in world history, Joe said to the LA Times. We've seen the French Connection 100 times, and we studied that car chase frame by frame. When we were kids on VHS, we would go one frame at a time and look at what the director was doing with performances and the sound work and camera work and how he was trying to tie all that together in a very stylized way where it would represent the internal struggle or turmoil of the character. Uh, Nick Fury's outfit in his last scene of the movie is the same outfit he's wearing on his appearance of the season one finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. Mm-hmm. Another nice tie-in there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Number eight. So, this is more an observation than a fun fact, but I wanted to kind of, like, give an example of how headcanons happen. So, okay. someone on Tumblr mm-hmm. says, I took a tiny little scene and I extrapolated and the other people on Tumblr are like, Make it so, okay? So, here's a really good example. When they're at um, Sam's house hiding out, Sam sticks his head in the bedroom and says, I made breakfast if you guys eat that sort of thing. Mm. (laughs) And then later, when Sam picks Steve up in the Falcon uniform and drops him on the helicarrier, he says, you're a lot heavier than you look. And Steve says, I had a big breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) So, this person on Tumblr said... God, I bet. <laughs> I bet Sam loves having guests. So he actually made a massive breakfast for them because he was also probably kind of nervous to have Captain America and the Black Widow in his house. And he doesn't even know what these guys eat. Natasha's tiny, so Sam makes a fruit salad. But then maybe Steve, who's huge, likes fruit salad too, so he ends up with a punch bowl full of fruit salad. But then also waffles and pancakes and eggs. Though who knows how these people eat their eggs. Sam likes scrambled, but he boils some just in case and sets up a frying pan in case either of them wants it fried. But better put some water on to boil just in case they want them poached. While he has the eggs out, might as well make French toast. But then actually, Natasha's European, right? They like that weird continental breakfast stuff. So he rolls up some little bits of ham and cheese, which looks weird without croissants and muffins and whatnot. So he nips out to get some muffins and some croissants and some juice and some tea and some hair straighteners. I don't know what they need. 
<laughs> and so Natasha eats a few bits of everything, but Steve, well, Steve grew up during a time where you did not waste food. Cleaning your plate was as ingrained in him as anything else. So, yeah, he did have a big breakfast. He had all the breakfast, all of it, every single breakfast. <laughs> And that's how Tumblr works. <laughs> that's great. Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> like Bruce Banner doing time travel. Yeah. Tumblr. Tumblr. <laughs> that's how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I regret having to follow that, but I'm going to. Number nine. Um, so we've talked about the Russo brothers, Joe and Anthony Russo. Mm-hmm. Um, and we briefly mentioned, I guess... What do we call it? A spat or just like a disagreement? Mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or maybe just Ashby being super mean to me um, I mean, the other night. Where she um, really, you know, just did not like the Russo brothers for some of their creative decisions. I was in, having a moment. Yep, in the Avengers trilogy. Well, the Russo brothers are, uh, I'm a fan of theirs. Personal friends of yours. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. personal friends of mine. And no, I'd like to introduce them. Guys, come on up. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, we didn't even get any dinner. Just kidding, they couldn't make it because they have a restraining order against yes. me. <laughs> yes, they do. Um, they got their start on Community. Nice. And in every one of the MCU films, they have a Community cast member make a cameo appearance. Oh, wow. In okay. this movie, it was Danny Pudi who plays Abed. Uh, in this movie, he was one of the um, security guys, security guys yeah, that Captain okay. America breaks into and takes right, over yeah. the Triskelion at the to end make of the movie. Speech. So, exactly. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, you'll see uh, when we get the Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame, there's three other uh, community characters who make cameo. I don't remember Chevy Chase being in any more movies. Well, he didn't make, he didn't make, him make one. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> funny, all of a sudden you go back and you're, you're like, wait, is that man having a heart attack back there? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, wait, that's Chevy Chase. That's Chris Hawthorne. <laughs> All right, Kyle. Uh, take us into some social media. Yeah. Uh, yesterday we did more so. Ashby posted a lot of the awesome memes that she's been hoarding, wetting up for this time. Yep. Um, so we didn't have a ton of our typical response because we didn't ask a question, which I think is okay. I think, honestly, it's cool to have different things. Um, Hunter Batten had responded that Cap's stealth suit was one of my favorites from the comic book, and it looked so freaking amazing on screen. Hunter knows. Yes. He said, so I wish he'd have wanted the movie, more <laughs> movies to come after. He did wear it to go kill Thanos at the beginning of Endgame. Spoilers. Um, then we continue on with Will McLam and Hunter proceed to post lots of pictures of how handsome Steve is in the stealth suit with Ashby Which responding. Which I appreciated. Yes. <laughs> uh, we actually had... Ashby found another person to have a spat with this afternoon. I oh, did. Oh, boy. Uh, Look, William, I'm very serious about this movie. <laughs> William Wright, which is a high schooler, remember? Ninth grader. <laughs> yes. <laughs> says... I got to find it. What the what me and this this movie is where the fangirls went crazy, and Ashby responds says say that to my face. <laughs> Bunch of happy tear faces and says hashtag fangirl. And then I think William literally just responded within the past nine minutes and says Ashby this is where the fans go. <laughs> yes, yes, William. So, yeah. <laughs> This is my favorite moment now. Yes. So, oh, man. Fun times there. I oh. made sure to come in and laugh a whole lot real quick to make sure that, like, William wasn't like, well, goodness, this lady is serious. I tried to put, like, yeah, laugh you did. face, laugh face, laugh face. That's and why then, I just like, commented back. my hand raised with, like, hashtag fangirl. Yeah. 
So. Oh, oh, say that to my face, William. Mm. <laughs> he was like, ash me. <laughs> yes, he did. This ash is where me. all the fangirls yeah. came <laughs> I mean, oh, so. okay. Oh, that was cool. it. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, I was going to read um, from Amanda. She sent me mm. a direct message earlier this week. Um, she said they've pushed back Black Widow again to mm. next year. They've given up on trying to put it out in 2020. She said, I'm hearing that part of the delay in Falcon and Winter Soldier, beyond mm. obvious production delays, is that somehow they're connected and they don't want the Black Widow movie to come out um, until Falcon Winter Soldier is ready to come out, but they also don't want Falcon Winter Soldier to come out before Black mm. Widow. Right. Um, she said, I hope that there is a tie-in, but don't think they will go the comic fandom route um, where the Winter Soldier is involved at points in training Red Room recruits like Natasha I think MCU canon really has him just being awakened to assassinate people and then right back on the ice, but who knows? I don't think that Sebastian Stan, they probably try to keep it a secret, but I haven't seen anything about him being in the Black Widow movie as the Winter Soldier. Um, so anyway, I just thought that was interesting that she sort of heard rumblings in the fandom that there might be some kind of tie-in. I'm still confused with whether the Black Widow movie takes place after Winter Soldier or after Civil War? I think it's after Civil War, but we won't know until Right. I think it does, and I think right. there's probably flashbacks. Probably flashbacks. Too. Okay. We because might see what happened in Budapest between her and her. Yeah. Well, I yeah, because like Black Widow, I mean, Natasha goes sort of off on her own after Civil War, but she also goes off on her own at the end of this movie. So I, I just don't, I'm not quite sure how that is all going to work out right. in the timeline. I watch um, a lady on YouTube that does a lot of this. It's called like behind the trailer I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of this like first reactions to new things and a lot of she's you know gotten herself further enough along that she's allowed with press releases you know Eric and I don't get um, but she gets lots of things mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. and she had mm -hmm. mentioned the other day whenever doing the Wanda verse talking about that one talking about how WandaVision yes how the other was going to be pushed back uh, for Falcon Winter Soldier and she had said the same thing that she's thinking or she's heard through whoever that there is some sort of tie-in where you don't want to see one without seeing the other first. Interesting. Uh, and she was even wondering like, would that push? This is before the announcement came out. Now that like nothing's coming out till next year. Oh, Amanda she says was, after Civil War. Yeah. Okay. It's confirmed. So anyway. and so she was wondering if it was going to happen where they would go ahead and push this movie like to Black Widow direct to Disney Plus because of this but like I said that was before the announcement was made like yesterday or the day before or whatever like that it's not going to come out till the next year and here's now. the thing if they were to do that which I, I know they're really trying hard not to mm -hmm. I'd buy it oh for sure oh, we yeah. have, we'd have a viewing party oh, here 100%. I would take my big screen TV off my bedroom wall and bring it in here yeah or we have a futon in there I'd move that to the middle of the bedroom and we watch it in my bedroom right. I mean, whatever right but, mm -hmm. yeah no yeah, absolutely I mean, we're, I would, we're watching that movie. I would pay I mean upwards of like 30, 40, yeah. 50 dollars I mean, to make that happen I was talking with someone because like Mulan's out now and yeah. you can right. do that for Mulan's like 30 bucks right I think it was Michael and I were talking about it at work and I was telling him like I still care so much about Mulan that I would want to pay 30 bucks. I mean, I want to see it, but well, not for 30 sure. bucks. I would have gone and seen it in theaters, for sure. But you think about it, like, by the time right. I've gone and seen it in theaters, with me and taking Erica and buying popcorn and buying a drink, like, and I've spent... probably the dinner beforehand. I've spent 30 or 50 bucks already. So it's right. not, like, an out-of-this-world price right. for right. them to charge that. So I don't think right. well, that's, that's thing, wrong. If you want to go into it with some friends and, like, hey, right. like, for example, if we were to watch a, 
hypothetical Black Widow movie for thirty mm-hmm. bucks, right? And y'all wanted to bring ten bucks to watch it as your ticket or whatever, right? I wouldn't charge all that, but I, I wouldn't tell you no either. I mean, I mean you make it we more mandatory. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we want people to have food for sure, right? So, mm-hmm. anyhow, but yeah, now I think they're just pushing that to next year. It, but you never know; it could come to that point. Depending but on how have you guys starts. seen the behind the scenes photos from production now that it's back on for Winter Soldier Falcon? And part of that is because I'm trying not to be spoiled. Bucky has on the the black and gold Wakandan arm. And so someone posted it and he's on a motorcycle. And someone posted a picture of it, and it's like, it said, "Have you thanked Sherry, Princess of Wakanda, today?" <laughs> like, <laughs> like, wow. It looks like it's going to be amazing, and they've taken him back to the first Avenger style, like vest jacket mm. kind of look, and the short cropped hair. I, oh, 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 ah. oh, back to emo, but I can't. Anyway, oh, it's going to be amazing. This guy's mascara on. All right, it's ready to go. Before we get into our closing and final thoughts. Ashby, do you mm-hmm. have anything else you want to add? I feel like you haven't said nearly enough about Bucky. I know. We're, I was we're really only ex- an hour and 30 minutes into this podcast. I was expecting it to be very much more Bucky. I thought we'd be here another hour. But I've heard a lot more about Steve tonight than I, I have about tried, Bucky. Here's the thing. There I mean, was, you're dressed as Bucky right now for I those am. that can't hear it. I am. I've got my, my winter soldier sleeve on. They can hear us, I hope. Yeah, I hope um, hear. Here's the thing. I, there were some things that I put into the script but then I took out because I will talk about them at Civil War. Okay. Because I feel like Civil War, there were uh, so many character things that I wanted to talk about Bucky with like his headspace and his character development and what Sebastian Stan was doing with the role, with outlines. But I realized that all of that really deserved to be talked about during Civil War. Okay. Um, especially when you start to get into like the where Stephen Bucky's friendship stands in the modern era and like we're gonna get into all that in Civil War because in Winter Soldier he's really just kind of like come to mm-hmm. um, so I you know I do still have some things that I haven't talked about but they're not necessarily centric like Bucky centric one of them is so one of them is a Tumblr meme that has Steve and his cow and then Bucky with the Winter Soldier mask on and it says, can we talk about how Cap and Bucky have opposite masks? Cap has a mouth and eyes exposed, forehead covered. Bucky has his mouth covered and eyes painted black, his forehead exposed. What a lovely symmetry. And someone comments and says, but it's symbolism too. Cap's is a helmet. It protects him and keeps him safe from physical harm. Bucky's is a muzzle to keep him silent and anonymous and on a leash. Mm. So Deep. deep. I told you we were going deep. Deep. So not so deep. Some more uh, Fanon from Tumblr. Fanon. I've never seen any Captain America headcanons about Girl Scout cookies, and I feel like I need to change that. Think about Cap and or Bucky seeing a sign somewhere. Oh, I remember those. They stopped selling them when butter and sugar got rationed. And then they walk up to a table of starstruck seven-year-olds in front of all these varieties of cookies and Bucky says, what do you mean they still sell chocolate mints? They're called thin mints now? Unacceptable. I'll take 40 boxes. <laughs> Steve tries to ration the cookies, but Bucky's too clever and keeps his secret stashes all around their apartment in Stark Tower. 
so he can gorge himself on Thin Mints whenever he wants. Steve keeps wondering why Bucky has chocolate stuck in the grooves of his metal hand when there aren't any cookies missing from the boxes in the fridge and the pantry. He slowly starts to realize what's going on, and he keeps searching everywhere, but cannot for the life of him find out where Bucky is hiding all the extra boxes of cookies. Until one day, when Clint decides to venture further into the air vents in the tower, and Steve hears him exclaim, What are all these thin mints doing up here? Have you been holding out on me? How could you? This is followed by the sound of someone with an obvious metal advantage flying into the vents at top speed, and then the sound of Clint Barton screaming in the most undignified way as he comes face to face with a pissed off Winter Soldier. I love it. I love it. I, you know, when you were describing that, I was just thinking, how awesome would it be if we had like these little Captain America, you know, Winter Soldier little shorts, like little mm-hmm. two, three yeah. minute, four minute yes. films that they just put up on Disney Plus or whatever. Yes. Just random stuff like that. We right. can do this. We should like read these and, and recreate and them. recreate them. I need Chris Evans to work out routine. <laughs> well, no, we make it very obvious I that we are not. Your hands in. <laughs> so I have the arm. You get like a bow and arrow. <laughs> I just figured I'm I was, a Boy Scout. <laughs> I just figured I was Scarlett Johansson at some point. Oh, we just put a red wig on you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Oh man. Awesome. Yeah, that's why I love Tumblr because mm-hmm. it, it's just people hypothesizing and coming up with just like fun, random interludes. Creative. Because you know, like movies are finite and they can't give you everything but it can be really fun to like read between the lines and right. come up with like deleted scenes and stuff like that I just imagine in my head the entire time that like Cap walks in at like 3 in the morning the lights are like off in the kitchen and he looks over at this one little lit area and like Bucky kind of lifts his eyes up over a box of cookies and it's all dark again around <laughs> right, his face yes. and he's like oh no like you know, his mind being mind controlled. Right, again. he's the winner. And then, like his whole face is up. There's just chocolate. There's your <laughs> yes, it's all over his face. Oh my! Wow. On that note, yes. <laughs> a big thank you to Ricky Lyles and Tim Hutchinson for their contributions to our podcast. We hope that you enjoyed our discussion as much as we did, and that you're as pumped for the rest of this journey into the MCU and other pop culture entities as we are. Next month in our running the Infinity Gauntlet saga you know series mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we go to space for guardians oh we gotta galaxy. bring hunter back Hunter's gotta come. Yeah. yeah we gotta yeah, bring I'm gonna hunter let you this. handle that okay you handle the technical side of getting okay. him I'm okay right there i'm on it yeah i'm you, saying put him on your couch well tell him to come on then that's what i figured you handle it okay um yeah and then next week i believe we are doing our favorite musical songs. Yes, songs from musicals. How many are we doing? Which can be music? traditional doing, or TVs. We're doing three... TV shows. Three, three each. Three each. Yeah. Can they be like cartoon musicals as well? Mm-hmm. Define cartoon music. Like South Park? No. No, I don't mean that, but just like... Like Aladdin? No. Yeah, they can't be Disney. So you can't do Disney? No, because no, I feel needs, like Disney... Be... If we were going to do Disney, it would have its own episode. Okay. And it did have its own episode. Right, um, Disney songs. Yeah, we did Disney songs back in April. I know. Oh, that's true, um, you did. But like, um, like The Greatest Showman is considered a musical. Right, Phantom of the but Opera. That's Fiddler on that's the Roof. A, I know, I'm just trying to think. Okay, okay, so we can do that. It yeah. can be yes. Disney, yeah. just not Disney animated. Right, right, not yeah, like that, classic It can't be, like, they have to be considered, like, you wouldn't think of a Disney animated as a musical first. Right. It's just like an animated Right. Um, and you can use like the Buffy episode, right? Or the Scrubs the Psych episode. There's a Scrub episode High where they do a musical. musical. Um, 
Yeah. Th- th- you know, if you pick a song from those, that's okay. Right. So I want to verify. You know, yeah. I don't want to have a moment like before where Hamilton. Ashley's doing some very teenage dramatic moment. I hear why. Don't look. I'm jumping into Walk of Texas Ranger here. <laughs> that's Chris, not me. Yeah. They so. did not have a musical episode. <laughs> uh, are you sure? I mean, they might in the reboot. <laughs> well, until next time, guys. I'm with you until the end of the line. Stay as cool as the other side of the pillow. We'll see you next week on the What The What Show. Bye. What the Before we get started. Bye. Did anyone? Did anyone? Did anyone? Did anyone? Did anyone?